Welcome to the Gearhars podcast. This week's episode is a really special one. It's with our good friend and colleague, Jeff Carriger of Link2 Hospitality and the Place Cardholder Hospitality Group. We're so thrilled that Jeff was able to come out and sit down with our very own Mark Olson to be a part of the podcast this week. We know you're going to love the conversation, not just to learn more about Jeff and what he does and his experience in our industry and what Link2 Hospitality does, but also to talk about the great manufacturers that he works with. And so we just really know you're going to enjoy this conversation today on the Gearhars podcast. If you haven't already, consider subscribing to the podcast. Just means that you're going to be updated the moment our latest episode is released. And don't forget to follow us along on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Without further ado, here's this week's conversation between Mark and Jeff. Jeff, thank you for coming into our Gearhearts podcast, and you are the owner of Link2 Hospitality Solutions and Placecard Hospitality Solutions, based out of Rochester, and you're the co-owner with your brother, and they're uh, placed in Pittsburgh, I think? Yep. yep. Uh, first of all, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yep. Thrilled to be a part of it. Um, yep, my brother and I are partners, and he handles our uh, Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania office, so officially we, we cover all of upstate New York out of our Rochester office, and then our Pittsburgh office handles uh, the West Virginia, Western Pennsylvania market. So for our listeners, uh, and if you like this podcast, please uh, give us a like uh, when you get a chance. <laughs> but this is our first independent rep, and what happens is, in our industry, most factories have independent reps, and mm -hmm. you're our first independent rep to be on our podcast, so congratulations. Can you explain a little bit about that for people that are listening, what it is, and then how many lines you rep? And what Sure, no, absolutely, because it's, it's kind of funny, because I always have friends that try to figure out what, what I do for a living, and I try to explain it to them, and it's never never easy, because they don't understand what it means to be an independent rep, so I usually use the, uh, the wing analogy, you know, because we're usually at a bar when we're discussing it, and I say, you know, look, in front of you, you have, uh, you have wings, you have blue cheese, you have celery, and you have carrots, and, you know, the, the wing company can hire a sales guy to handle a territory and he's only going to sell wings and he's 100% of the time and he's an employee of your company. Um, and then you can do the same for celery and blue cheese, etc. Where with an independent rep, what they do is um, I now represent a wing company. I represent a, a blue cheese company. I represent a, a celery company. And so these manufacturers now pay me just a smaller percentage, but now I have, you know, they don't have 100% of my time but now I have products that all work together because a lot of times when you're in selling wings, the customer also needs blue cheese. And you don't compete necessarily within yourself. Like I won't necessarily have two wing lines per se, but you know, you're in selling wings and it's, hey, by the way, we represent blue cheese. It's kind of a simple way to put it, but yeah. usually they understand yeah. it that way. And you have how many lines that you represent? At the, at the well, it's changed a lot over the years, but I'd probably say we're into 35, 36. Usually it's a, I, I never answer that honestly, so. Because <laughs> it changes, right? It does, it, it, it does, it does change. And then I think it's interesting that 35 different lines, I mean, you literally could uh, outfit a whole restaurant or a convenience store or college and hospitality, or you could take care of everything they need. Yep. So, and every day you're, you're looking and 
doing with a different factory, a different line. Well, and, that, and that's the idea. Like these, you know, we are in with the same customers. We're dealing together, like with Gerhards and say a, an end user, and we come in as the professional in a, a certain category, and then all these other categories come up, and then we're able to bring in other categories with us to say, oh yeah, well by the way, we represent this company for that. So mm-hmm. one definitely brings in the other. So you guys got started. How many? How long have you guys been in business? It's been 20, 25 years ago. My brother and I started this. And you, how did you start that? that I mean, I, we're always interested because I work for a family business. It was, we're celebrating our 50th year this year. And to hear Dick tell the story about how he got started. Oh, it's a great, yeah. yeah the it's really a great story. And, you yeah. know, and how Central that we bought three years ago got started. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, but, how, you know, I'd love to hear how you guys got started. Well, so for us, it's kind of interesting because I, my brother and I both, you know, he's three years ahead of me. So he graduated from college and he went to work for a gentleman who was an independent rep at the time, 30 years ago, Jim Bassett. And what was interesting is independent reps at the time, they only had seven, eight, nine lines. They had larger territories and they didn't have to do, a, not that they didn't have to do a lot, but they don't do a lot of the things that we have to do today with test kitchens and chefs and all those things on staff. So my brother went to work for him and I graduated from college and went to Ohio and started to work for a company called the Kohler Company, a plumbing manufacturer. And uh, my brother called one day because the gentleman had uh, taken ill and he got healthy and still is today thankfully, but he wanted out. And uh, he told my brother, hey, do you want to you want to take this over? And my brother called me and said, hey, do you want to take over a rep firm? And so what are we repping? And he said, kitchen equipment. And I said, oh, that sounds great. You know, so we, you know, didn't turn back. You know, it was a fear of my dad because we were the only two sons. And my mom and dad thought, oh, boy, are they going to fight? They're going to be partners. But, you know, here we are 25 years later, and we're still uh, we're still pretty good friends. That's amazing. That, yeah. It is tough, too, with family and business. But it's nice he's a little bit farther away, too, so you guys cover a lot uh, Yeah, of the five hours does yeah. help, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what is the biggest challenge today that you see? Because it's changed a lot in 25 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked to a lot of reps, and we deal with, you know, reps every day. And you can hear how it's, you know. It's, cha- it's changed. The, the big companies. It's in 25 that, yeah. years. It's changed dramatically in the last five years, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of change in 25 years, we've doubled, tripled that in the last five years. Consolidation is is key right now, of course, and it's with any industry. So all of our manufacturers are, you know, you're seeing a lot of consolidation there with people buying out manufacturers. For example, Middleby Corporation is one of our larger conglomerates that we represent, and Middleby, geez, they, you know, they own 60, you know, 60 food service companies now. Um, so you really have to deal with consolidation, um, and it's a little bit of a the smaller guys are going by the wayside in any part of our industry. It's one of the things, you know, you guys addressed as well with this beautiful facility. You know, you either you either invest and grow or you you get passed over. And uh, that's been probably the biggest challenge is for us is the, the growth and the change. But, you know, I think whenever you stop changing, you're, you've lost. So we, we're always changing, but dramatically lately. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the changes that you've seen in the last five years are going to continue to change? Or do you think they've kind of said, all right, now we've, you know, I call it that pendulum that, you, you know what I mean? It was here and then they swung it all the way over here yep. and then maybe it finds that middle ground because it is a lot of change and it, it's hard to, like just a, today, uh, that rep changed twice since our book, yeah. you know, we looked in the book and I called that, no, nope, I, I changed that line last yeah, year different. and I called the next person that was a different rep. Well, if you look, if you look at history, which we do sometimes, and there's all, there was consolidation once about 15 years ago. 
nothing to this scale. But mm -hmm. at that time, everybody, the whole talk was, this is the future of the industry. It's going to be consolidation. Um, but it wasn't done in the right way. And a lot of the lines then kind of broke off back to being independent again. Where here you are 15 years later and the history repeats itself. But it's, it's more, they're doing it differently now. And, and frankly, I think the COVID situation is going to be what calms this situation a little bit. Um, us as an independent rep, we become very valuable during times like this because if you think about it, a factory has an employee that they that their sales rep that they're paying money, and now they have to decide: do they furlough them? You know, what are they going to do when a downtime? They still have to pay them, or they have to make a decision. With us as reps, we just get paid a portion of our commission, right? So if we don't sell, we don't get paid. So in times like this it's up to us to worry about our salespeople. The factory doesn't have to worry about us mm. and they don't have to pay us because if we're not selling, we're not getting paid. So uh, we're finding just in the last year and just in the last six months with the COVID situation that you know factories are starting to look more to us to outsource more things because of the fact that they're, you know, the, having an employee can sometimes be a, a, an expensive proposition for a factory. Mm -hmm. Plus, when you guys get, like I've been to your test kitchen, I see some of the things you guys have done. You guys are much more into it, I think, than sometimes other rep firms, you know, in our area are. It mm -hmm. seems like, I mean, what have you done to focus, to, to change the look of reps? Because when I started 17 years ago, it's not like it is today. Like today yeah, you walk in and, and you guys are in our test kitchen, we're in yours. We're bringing customers. Yeah, you, we have chefs. Customers. You have chefs. Yeah. Everything. So changes, that's yeah. changed. So can you explain a little bit about that change? Because that to me is like when you said earlier, people are. If you're not changing, you know, you're falling behind. You're falling behind. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what I mean? you know that that to me is the most exciting part of this business. Even yeah. though COVID has crushed, and I've said this before many many times, COVID has crushed the restaurant industry. But absolutely. There's some good that will come out of it. And to me, Zoom meetings and things that we're able to do not in person. And what you guys have to offer is, is a good thing. Absolutely. You know? But it's an interesting point you make because when we, you know, when we first started, our name was Bassett Carragher Associates for so long. And we ended up acquiring another group about 10 years ago. And my brother and I looked at it and we, we thought we sounded like a law firm. And that was kind of how it was. It was the old rep firms were the, the, the person's last name and it was this family type business. But what we saw happening was this, you know, hey, we need to be a professional sales organization above all, which is where we kind of started to create the Link2 Hospitality Solutions name, um, you know, a, a logo, an identity. Um, we saw the fact that test kitchens are needed, you know, and, and as the same thing with you guys here. You know, if a customer is going to spend you know, $30,000 on a combination oven, they want to come in and try it. They want to test it. They want to try their product in it. And we've, as as a rep, have found it absolutely necessary to, to do that. And what works out well is, you know, you guys have in your location here, our location in Rochester, our location in Pittsburgh. So we can handle a customer really from, from anywhere. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, our test kitchen could be could be filled every day if, uh, if, we, if we had time. Yeah. Well, that's true, too. So I think about it when I was at your test kitchen and there was a customer there. That relationship is so important. And that's Absolutely. what our business is. is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was talking, telling someone yesterday, we have third, fourth generation customers that just come back in and say, hey, my great grandfather was here or my grandfather was here or my dad shopped here. And and we just have that. You yeah. guys, that's that's got to be because you're not selling directly. You're selling yep, we don't sell your anything, product yeah. and you're selling your you know manufacturers that you rep, yep. but you're not selling the product. You're then turning it over to someone. And I think that's, you know, the listeners, you know, that's the thing that why we wanted to have you on is because 
you know, we go to the U first, then we go to the factory if we can't get something resolved or solved. Yeah, we it's go, a teamwork. You know, it's yeah. a teamwork uh, philosophy. We don't sell anything direct. Mm-hmm. Um, our job is to market the lines that we have. And like, and sometimes you're going to have an opportunity where you have a customer that wants a, a combination oven per se, and you know certain reps that have test kitchens or certain reps that rep them. And that's all we ask for is that audience for you to right. bring customers into us. And at the same time, when we have opportunities with customers, you know, frankly, Gerhard's is usually the first place we send them because uh, yeah. of what you guys are able to do with your drawing capabilities. I mean, these are things that, that nobody else in this area can do. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's a great teamwork approach. I think you guys, your look at business is very similar to ours. Yeah. So with with what you guys do, so you have, how many people are in your office in Rochester? So we have nine of, nine of us total. Wow. Uh, we have uh, four of us out of the Rochester office. Um, so we have, you know, quote specialists and things like that, um, as well as a chef on staff for both test kitchens. Mm-hmm. And then so, and then the mat, you have to go to see every one of these manufacturers every year, probably, right? We did. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen now with right. COVID. But a um, normal year, a non-COVID year, you guys would, you, you have to report directly to the factories. Mm-hmm. A lot know. of trainings, things right. like that, absolutely. Most factories require every five years you're there mm-hmm. at some point. Some have yearly sales meetings, things like that. But with COVID now, who knows how that's all going to change. But um, a lot of that, I think, is going to be now via Zoom, things like that. But, yeah, it's absolutely, it's tough. When we hire a new sales rep, you know, the, usually for the first year, they're, they're traveling. They're from one factory to the next to the next. Where now, I think, what, what's happening is, like, Middleby is enforcing their reps to have full Tet's kitchens so that we can do the trainings at our place or we can do the trainings more regional. So mm-hmm. we're working together with other Middleby reps and we can kind of pull, pull resources together a little bit. Yeah. And then what happens after the sale? So we sell it and then you guys have to go out and do the training. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, no, it, it's a, it, that's, that's almost probably the most important part of, of what we do. You know, it's, you know, sometimes people know what they want or sometimes we're telling, teaching them and hopefully training them with what they want. But once they purchase it, our job is then to make sure that we're in there to demonstrate their staff, make sure that they understand how to use the equipment. Um, it's, you know, it's the same thing with you guys. When you guys sell a piece of equipment, that customer's your customer for, for life, and we like yeah. to look at it the same way. And we as the reps want to be that resource for you, too, so that we can help. You know, when your customer comes to you, you know that if it's a line that we represent, that we're going we're gonna to help take care of that customer yeah. as best way possible. It's weird. I just had a customer in the showroom, and it's, what's changed for us is the timing. Like, it used to be Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, oh, yeah. you know. It's, like, he just, the customer just said to me, he bought a brand new steamer, and he said, I'll see you Sunday morning at 8. That's, yep. I'll have it, re- I'll have it installed, I'll have it done, you know, it's July 4th weekend, but I'm going out there. One, it's a relationship. Two, I want to make sure he's happy. And three, that word of mouth and that, hey, uh, thank you very much, and showing him how to use it. And, you know, one thing I've learned or I've seen that I think is impressive in the factories is all this authorized startup and these trainings that they're making them do. Mm-hmm. I think that's important, and I think Blodgett does that, where they make sure that it's serviced and installed by an authorized service agent. Absolutely. And that probably has saved you guys some headaches. Absolutely. It's, I know it saved us headaches, but... Well, you're seeing a consolidation on that side of the industry, too. Even the service networks are mm-hmm. consolidated. There's not as many independent service companies. So, yeah. you know, and there are it's, the manufacturers are insisting these service companies are well-trained, and know what they're doing, but you're right about the timing because when we hire a sales rep, we tell them, "Hey, look, yeah, it's it's these hours per se, but your cell phone is, 
frankly, you're going to get calls and you're going to have to take calls at crazy hours. You're dealing yeah. with supermarkets, convenience stores, hospitals, schools, restaurants. Sure. They don't go by normal hours. And um, especially some of these people that depend on a piece of equipment, if that piece of equipment goes down, they, they're out of luck and, and they, they need some immediate help. Yeah. So that's what we're here for. And that helps us on our end compete against the Internet mm -hmm. because you can't get that. You're not going to get that. They're not going to get that on the yeah. Internet. You may mm -hmm. get a, a phone call back or a, an email saying we got your email or we got your phone call. We'll call you on you know, the next available time. Yeah. Um, the technology part of it, I know mm -hmm. Middleby has done a lot on that. How do you guys keep up with that? Is Because that, <laughs> that, I mean, literally some things are, it's amazing what these things can do with restaurant equipment. But also we see... You know, that can be a, a learning, like you said, a year for a sales rep. Our, we're looking at going two years, two oh, yeah. and a half years. Because when you have 30 lines, we have 300 lines. Oh, that we exactly. Have to train them on. Exactly. You know, that, that's the hard part. You know, you have tried and true brands that you go to and that you use because mm -hmm. you know they're, the quality and the service and the rep and the, 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 you know, they stand behind it. If there's a problem, they'll answer the phone. But, you know, how do we shrink that down or how do you keep up with that technology? Because it, for us, it's a, it's a real struggle. It, it is a struggle and it's a struggle for us as the reps too, where this is an industry that is constantly changing. Um, and the, the, um, the onset of technology is like sometimes if we're going in to do a demo, sometimes we'll get a control panel. We'll be like, wait, wait a minute, I haven't even seen this thing yet. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a learning curve there as well. Um, but, this business in this industry, food safety and things are take such priority that all of the technologies for, you know, keeping track of HACCP controls and having equipment that talks to one another and, you know, all of these things are very big middle B initiatives. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they own all sorts of different companies that, that do that. And their whole goal is that these, you know, these kitchens are fully compatible and they talk to each other so a food service director can be home and know that their refrigerator broke down or their or their combis has a problem or you know something got turned on and turned off or yeah. a door was opened so these are all this is all critical information for them to have but we constantly have to stay on top of it um, and we constantly have to keep teaching ourselves the new technology and that's why our test kitchen is very much just new technology you know, it's infrared cooking, it's combination oven cooking, it's growing cabinets, it's things that we want people to come into our test kitchen and see what's new and not just come in and see a standard oven. Yeah. That, actually, one of our pieces is that uh, hydrovection underneath the, the yeah. uh, 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 grill stand, and that has been, I just sold three of them, and just because someone walked inside mm -hmm. of the test kitchen, and that's the things that we like is when you're just, you hit it earlier, if they can look at it, touch it, use it. Absolutely. I mean, every combi oven demo we do, someone walks out of here and says... If I can afford it, that's what I want to yeah. do. And, and we've had a, a great success doing that. Other lines are a little bit more difficult, I think. Can be true. Yeah. yeah. You know. I think the easiest line for us in our test kitchen is, is pizza ovens. Yeah. Pizza owners are so particular about their product. You know, they, they want a crust. They want their crust a certain way. So when it comes to an oven that they've had for 25 years and it's gone down and they need to replace it, mm -hmm. they're they're afraid because yeah. they don't want to change the quality of their product. So we, 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 you know, we have deck ovens, we have conveyor ovens in our test kitchen. And so many times it's pizza shops that want to come in because they want to bring their dough, test their product and see how this new oven is going to cook. Yeah. It's going to cook their product that they're so proud of. That reminds me of a story when I, I got to go to the Blodgett factory and it was on the end of, is it Lake Champlain? Uh, yeah. Or, you know, yeah. I, I mean, literally the most amazing, oh, I mean, right on the end. And there's yeah, this right out over the yeah. lake. Yep. And we're doing uh, the Marcel oven at that time. Yeah. And that literally now, when I talk to someone, I just talked to someone this week. Yeah. After going through that demo with a pizza owner that has three shops, going through the process, going through everything, 
that's the oven that I absolutely love because I watched it and I saw it. Oh, and saw you see the excitement of the customer when you oh pull God, out a yeah. pizza and they're like, oh, that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. It's kind of like, ah, yes, okay, right. we, we did this right. And that's part of what you guys do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You guys set that up and somebody was with us and, yep. you know, I think that's important. Well, that's a, it's a big part of what we do because, you, like you say, you know, you have 300 companies to worry about, to think about. And I see, yes, 30 sounds a lot to me, but I need to know my 30 the best. But I also need you to trust me and my people so that we're one of the ones you look at mm-hmm. where you say, Hey, I know this, a, it's a quality product. B it gets good support and C we have a rep that we know is going to support us if we have a problem, because yeah. frankly, no matter how good the product is, if you don't have all, all four legs of the stool, it's, you know, it's not going to oh, work. Yeah. We say that all the time. We are literally delivering something on a, you know, today's really Friday for us, but right now at three o'clock, they're, they're delivering something to a customer that said, yeah. and he called at one o'clock. Because that's part of that, like you said, those four legs. Yep. And, and it's important because they can go anywhere. Like we can sell six different ranges, six different refrigerators, six different steamers, Absolutely. six different pizza ovens, you know, eight different stainless steel tables. But we want to go with the people that we know have a good service network, that have good service after the sale, have good training, have good technology. And that kind of goes to what you do. I mean, all of that is really what you guys preach every day. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have a hard time saying, okay, this line... I like this line, but maybe I should be with it. You know, is there, do you ever have your questions in your mind about the lines that you carry? Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's a great question because it, you know, early on in our career, we maybe could be a little less picky in situations like that. But, um, one of our philosophies is we do not, we will not represent anything that's not at least number one or two in the, in the name of the industry, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's up there in quality, things like that, you know, but you can, with the changes we've made and the things we've done, you can, tend to be a little pickier, but um, we've had, most of the lines we have, we've had for a very long time. You know, these are, we're on essentially mostly 30-day contracts with these manufacturers, but most of these lines we've had for 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, right now, the only time things change is when consolidation occurs and suddenly they, you know, shuffle things around a little bit, so. And that's not changing, you don't think, do you? No, I think that I, consolidation's definitely going to continue. Um, I know from a Middleby perspective, uh, they definitely plan to continue that that push. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think we're going to see a little calming in the industry with, with, with everything going crazy, but I think you're going to continue after COVID to, to see more acquisitions that will occur and, and more consolidation of, of, of reps, factories, dealers, everything. Why do you think more people don't get into this this side? Like we know I, it's our, our biggest side, problem. Isn't we it? look at it and say, "Why well, don't I love coming to work?" I mean, yeah. I have a saying: If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. I know your son's here, and I would give that same thing that I tell a lot of people, even my son. If you don't want to go to work every day, find something else. Yeah. I don't care if it's picking up garbage or. But this lawns, is and this is a great industry. Something. This yeah. is an industry that you know food food hospitality will always be here. It's going to, you know, it's going to have its ups and downs, but I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, I've been on the board of directors for Massey, which is our national organization, manufacturers agents for the food service industry. And one of our biggest initiatives has always been, how do we recruit young talent into this market? Because I remember when I first got into the industry, it was like, Jim Bassett, the gentleman we took over, I'd never tell anybody how old you are because I was. We were always, you know, I'm 25 and I'm, you know, with all these 
50, 60, 75 year old family yeah. businesses um, where now you go to the trainings and you go to these shows and suddenly it's different. There's there's a lot of younger talent. Um, chefs are becoming a part of, you know, because a chef, it's a great, great gig for them, too, because they can do what they love to do and, you know, maybe not necessarily have the hours of a restaurant, things like that. But mm. we're definitely trying to figure out a way to recruit younger. It's not glamorous, but I tell you what, it's it's a great industry. But you're not doing the same thing every day. Yeah. You know, for us, and I know it's similar to you, every day you're dealing with a different manufacturer, different, you never line, know. different project, different issue, uh, different opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, t- that's to me the most exciting thing is that you're never doing the same thing every day and you're always working on something different. Absolutely. That's and, the best uh, part about it. I does mean, your day go by like... like It really does. Yeah. And and frankly, it's kind of funny when I, you know, my son's been interning with us for the last, you know, month and a half and, and he's commented on how quick his days have gone too because he likes it because yeah. he's not, you know, he's not doing the same thing. But yeah, you're, the days do, the days do tend to fly by sometimes. Yeah. Do you see the reps... Do you see in the future, like five years from now, anything changing? I mean, I know there's going to be consolidation and there's going to be changing of different lines, but do you see the role of, of a rep changing in the next five years? Uh, I think you've seen a lot of change, a lot of change already. Um, I think the there's going to be less dealers moving forward. I think this COVID situation's really definitely had an effect on on some of these larger consolidated dealers where you guys are in that, I think, that sweet zone of, of size and capability. Um, but I, as far as what we do, um, I don't necessarily see any drastic changes for us. You know, I think we've gone through so many changes with having the, the test kitchens and the showrooms, and I could see us a little more active in the on the service side of things. Um, it's trying to control service and a little bit more if, if, if possible. But other than that, I think we've seen hopefully most of the major changes up till so now. So I, 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 I have a twin brother who always says, high, low, what do you know? What's the high of the business? What's the low of the business? And, you know, just today, what have you, you know, what have you learned? High, low, huh? Well, I tell you, the high of the business is that, you know, when something like this occurs, like COVID, you you see a V curve, you know, it goes, it drops pretty dramatically, but it's going to come back because Mm -hmm. it's a a business that's essential. Um, So, you know, I see a lot of that. The low, it's been, it's been rough, you know, it's been a rough, rough couple months for this industry. Um, You're going to lose some fantastic people out there restaurant wise things like that that just that are maybe old you know family businesses that have just been around forever and kind of say you know what I don't I don't even want to keep going with this so I think the low side of this is who you know I think we're going to lose some some good good businesses out there when things go Um, but I also what I do know is that the change is good and it's essential and if you you have to embrace it or get run over by it, and this change is good. The things you guys are doing with these podcasts and the way we communicate, I mean, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited yeah. for the way we're going to start doing things, these Zoom meetings and, you know, all of that. It's a great mm-hmm. great way for us to to, to communicate, and, and I, I still think there's an important personal element that has to happen. I don't think it's ever going to get fully replaced, but I think it's going to p- change people's lives a little bit in that sense where maybe we're not going to be as crazy as we used to be running around. I think that mixture is, is important, that, that balance of being able to have that face-to-face meeting, but also there's options. You know, like I, I had a GC call for a job I'm doing, and normally I drive a half hour down there, go to the 20-minute GC meeting and drive back. Yeah. And they're like, no, Zoom calls are fine. Zoom calls they, fine. they actually like it. It's yeah. easier for them. They can keep working. Um, to me, that's that's been some of the good that's come out of this. But the bad, yeah, is like today I read an article where they say 3,100 restaurants, you know, in this area may close. Yeah. And that t- to scary. us is really scary. And it's tough, too, because some of those things that we 
in your business and our business, the foundation is, you know, sock it away for that rainy day. You never know what's going to happen. If it's too good to be true, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if that product isn't, you know, been tested and used and you can, you know, really stand behind it, it's probably not the right product for that customer. We, you know, yeah. I know you've, you and I have talked about it. We're never going to sell something that somebody doesn't need. No, we'll talk that's... a person out of a sale before we'll talk about right. it. These are customers you're going to have yeah. for years to come. So yeah. you, you want to give them the best. Yeah. Do you see the factories, come, like I've heard, what's their projection? Two, four years where it's back to where it was before? Or do you see? It's changed a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, just in the last couple months, the factory projections aren't nearly as as bad as they as they originally thought. However, that doesn't take into consideration any sort of relapse with what might occur yeah. in the future. Um, but I know like our factories were worried that the new normal might be 40, 50 percent. Mm-hmm. down business-wise uh we're now they're looking more like 20 25 percent business and if you know depending on vaccines things like that then they they see things getting back to normal in the next you know two years tops yeah where before they were really concerned looking five years out yeah but they're all going to change too you know they all have sales management and things that are traveling that used to travel a lot that they have to look at their business now and say mm, maybe maybe we need to change some of those things as well that's part of our business. That we do a lot of hotels and conference centers and things like that. I'll think like about that. hotels oh, right Oh, my now. Lord. That's... I was talking to somebody today, and he said to me, Mark, it's horrible. Yeah. You know, we're going to be all right, but it's, you know, well, we, they're we going to have to reinvent their business. You know, we have PlaceCard Hospitality, which concentrates mm-hmm. on the, you know, equipment in the back of the house. And then we have PlaceCard Hospitality, which concentrates more on the front of the house, the furniture, smallware, glassware. And PlaceCard has definitely taken a much bigger hit than... The equipment side uh, mm-hmm. because you think about it like stack chairs and you know things like that I think we do a lot of hotel business with place card side that's just banquet halls banquet facilities they're just not yeah. spending the money right now they don't know what the future is they don't know what they're going to be able to do so it's that's opening back tough. up a little bit isn't it it's I starting mean, to yeah. but it's they're trying to figure out how how to do it and the rules seem to change daily so it's hard to know what to do next so give me a typical day for a, a manufacturer's rep. <laughs> Not that there is any sort of typical day, but... Typical day is uh, Mark Olson calling first thing in the morning to complain about <laughs> something that we didn't do the night before. I but. cringe when I, I know those 7 <laughs> o'clock like calls. I know Mark's yeah. on the phone. Or it's 5.30 at night. You know, that's my other favorite time. Yeah. Well, that's so. the interesting thing is there really is never a typical day in the world of a rep. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be days that, you know, if it's a key customer, like you and I share some really some key customers mm-hmm. that are just so loyal to Gerhars and, and you guys have been so great to allow, allow us to introduce our lines to them. And there's some of those companies that we, we you know, make sure that we take care of mm-hmm. uh, some of these convenience store chains and things out there that we want to make sure that we're we're giving them the support that Gerhars requires. Yeah. Um, so a typical day might be, you know, heading to an end user uh for our chef, it's going to be maybe going to a, a location that just got delivered an oven, and they're going to teach them how to use the oven, how to clean the oven. Uh, from there, we might be stopping here to make sure your displays are set up, to make sure your catalogs are good, um, or do a training with your sales staff so that they understand what we're representing. Um, while at the same time, you're fielding calls from consultants that are designing projects, because we need to be able to you know, get our projects designed in some of these larger facilities as well. So you have a lot of consultants that are, say, designed in a hospital and we'll be stopping by there to give them the latest you know because the the thing is is they're like the consultants and even you guys you guys 
are with your business and so ingrained in your business that sometimes our job is to find what's el what else is out there. What's the latest and the greatest? Mm -hmm. You know, what's what have we, what do we see out there that we can bring in? And I think if we can do that successfully, and you go to these key end users and show them what's new, um, then they look to you for for their answers. I mean, I, th I always say that to to my sales reps, the best phone call you can get is from an end user, key end user that says, "Hey, do you rep anything that can do this?" You know, because then what they're saying to you is, "You, I know you're a great supporter of us, and if you rep it, I want to know about it. So, do you have something that'll do this?" Do you find? Do you tell your reps to talk? to do more on phone than email? Because I'm constantly saying to these guys, an email is fine. Get, you know, blah, 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 I'm working on it. But pick the phone. Like, yeah. I want to hear from Jeff. I don't want an email from Jeff. I want to hear from I Jeff. I think it's a generational thing, too, because these kids are so used to communicating the other way that it's like sometimes it's like, well, why didn't you just pick up the phone and call them? Right. Like, well, we're communicating via email. And so it's, it's yeah. but then sometimes when you have a younger customer, they they don't want to pick up the phone. You yeah. know, they'd rather be uh, via text or via phone right. or via email. But see, I, I've been trying to tell these guys there's these subtle signs and these if you ask a few questions or if you listen, you'll get your answers or you'll know. You know, when we walk into a client and we, you know, the first thing we hear is I need the cheapest, you know, mixer. Then we know what we need to work on. Mm -hmm. you know? Or, I, I, you know, I had this one for 40 years. I want another one to last. Yeah. I, you know, I went on a, up to Copenhagen last week and this Bally cooler, no lie, I, I it had to be. 40 years old yeah and it was beat up and dinged up and they were replacing it with another bally and and i was talking to the uh, gc and he said what do you think and i go it lasted 40 years <laughs> in copenhagen new york with all the snow and everything i think you, you know you're you're not going to have any issues yeah. at all but you know to me it's you know you've got to listen to the customer you got to hear what they want you know i use that witty what is important to you absolutely and if they you and, have to and, ask these questions and you can't do that on an email you in that relationship you know dick Gearhart started this business. The guy showed up at his house, gave him a check, and said, uh, "Here's what your beef and manly. Let's get it done." Yeah. Didn't ask a price. Didn't ask, he just trusted just and knew? It I was in another end user that wanted a blodget pizza oven to, this week, and he said, "Just order it." Yeah. Just tell me what you know. I, I know you're going to be fair. Just, I know it's going to be exactly, right. Exactly. And and, and and I've had a blodget for 25 years. I just want to replace them. Yeah. You know, and like you said. Sometimes it's hard to explain to a customer that there's a price to pay for that quality, but that quality will save you money in the long run. And to me, that's where the market or the industry is changing because, you know, we're doing some ads right now, buy a combi oven, save this much money in electricity costs, get a rebate for that. Oh, absolutely. For that thing. That's for these. But put in the time, you know, as well as I do, put in the labor hours and all the other savings and the efficiencies in that piece of equipment. That piece of equipment will pay for itself. Mm -hmm. If you do it right and you buy into it, a lot quicker than, say, a convection oven or a Cost range. of ownership is what we always talk yeah. to them about, is what does it truly cost to own this piece of equipment? Yes, you might pay a little less up front for something that's less, you know, that's cheaper, mm -hmm. but if, if it's going to be, if it's going to cost you more to run it, if it's going to cost you more to repair it, what is the, you know, what's the cost of ownership more yeah. so than just the upfront cost of the piece of equipment? And they think it's just for the big, you know, I say the Wegmans are the price choppers or they're burned, you know, these big, it's not. It's for the, the that service call, we always say to those people that want to buy used, it's 30 day warranty after that, you're, mm -hmm. you know, and we don't want to sell you something that we're, we can't stand behind. But at the end of the day, 30 days is 30 days. And it's $150 for that guy just to walk in the door yeah. to tell you it's dirty, it's broken yeah. or something, you know. So for us, it's that communication and getting back to that. I think it's so important to less email, more communication, I agree completely, you know, and your consultant point, I think, you know, 
that's one thing that I think, you know, Anthony, hopefully you're listening to this podcast. A consultant would be a good person <laughs> to have on this because that's another piece of this oh, it's, yeah. food service industry that not a lot of people know about. We kind of do a little bit of both. We design and consult and consult and design. Yeah. And we think it's more important to consult when we're designing. But there's consultants out there that do this for a living that you guys really deal with on a daily basis oh, more absolutely. than, than yeah. we do. Um, well, do we had, I had to do a presentation at Cornell a couple months ago, and they wanted me to talk to their their entire you know food service staff. They felt that the staff didn't understand the, the business. You know, they wanted the, the staff to understand who's coming into their kitchen, and what what is a dealer, what is a rep, what is a consultant. So we sat down, and I just you know gave an hour hour presentation on that whole thing, and it and it was interesting because they all I had so many come up afterwards. All right, now I. Now I kind of get it, you know. It's like they you understand, you know, where everybody's role is, and mm-hmm. um, and a consultant's a big part of that. And yeah. uh, you know, their their job is to be independent, and their job is to pick what is the best product for them, um, for the customer, and that's yeah. what the customer is hiring them for. And that's where you guys can come in with your combination of the design build dealer. I think that's what that's what keeps Gerhars growing and different than so many is of your design build. Yeah. Is that's what's that that brick and mortar but also having restaurants being able to come in and you guys being able to lay that, lay that restaurant out for them. Mm-hmm. So when we, we have been fortunate that Pitco has been one of those long-standing relationships that we've had mm-hmm. for, I mean, we have a couple chains that are literally, they don't even, that, that's the first piece we do because we know that's what they're going to want. And that's changed with these efficiency in this NYSERDA and National Grid and NYSIG and can you tell us a little bit about that? Because Pico was really one of the first ones that kind of jumped on that. And when people think, when I started, when you think about an energy-efficient fryer, yeah. just forget it. Yeah. It's just, a, you know, it just doesn't happen. But now they've really cornered that market where we have fryers that people can walk out of here after rebate, tax, and everything for $600. Oh, it's yeah, brand it's new. Absolutely. And that's you know, the, well, Pico saw that. You know, they, you know. Energy Star, as it was coming along in these rebates, you know, Pitco's always had an energy-efficient fryer. Um, you know, that's a tube-style fryer, and you're able to do things. They have some patented technology that holds the gas in that tube, so you're using more of the gas. So they've always had such a great... So when it uh, energy efficient, so when when rebates started coming out, it was very easy to, for them to take some of their their higher end models and get Energy Star and you know get get rebates. Um, so they were always ahead in that ball game. Now recently, though, one of the things that you guys have caught on with too is they've gone into the more competitive market too for fryers, um, and they're one of the first to have a competitively priced energy star fryer so what they did was they took a more basic model body and they put that higher end burner in it so that you get the efficiencies to make an energy star but now you can have a a sixteen hundred dollar fryer that you're getting a hundred thousand dollar rebate on um and like you say it's three hundred six hundred dollars for for a brand new fryer um it's it's incredible because not only are they getting a fryer for three to six hundred dollars but they're also going to save a ton of money in the long run because they're going to be using so much less energy. We had a, a customer that wanted to use double deck logic convection oven this week, and we're like, "Do you understand? You know, you're going to get." And there's a special right now; it's twenty five hundred dollars off a, a double set. Yeah. So literally, they walked out of here with two brand new 
you know, Blodgett convection ovens. And I think the, it was maybe $4,000. I mean, that's a lot of money for something that, you know, cause used, you're looking at usually 50% of new. Well, you guys kind of gambling. You're and gambling. you guys were ahead in that ball game in this region because yeah. a lot of the energy companies were coming to us saying, how do we, how do we promote this? We're trying to give yeah. away money yeah. and it's not being used. A lot of people didn't understand what it was yeah. where you guys were the first to really come on board with the signage and you were the first to, to stock these energy star fryers. So when yeah. a customer came in and said, I want this and you say, well, Hey, here's something else you want to consider. And I think that's really made it because still some haven't gone on. To, and it's not a gimmick. That. I mean, like no. literally the convection oven, I just, I, it was the one that we stocked, the one we liked, the one we wanted to promote and sell because it was a good unit. Oh, and the, by the way, here's another thousand dollars yeah. or fifteen hundred dollars. Same with the fryers. Same with the ice machines. Now refrigeration has jumped on. Freezers have jumped on. They keep expanding the categories. Combi ovens, steamers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, I think the more they can do because I know I was talking to a, a great uh, Italian restaurant in Liverpool. His utility bill is more than his rent. Oh, I can imagine. And I went, oh my god! <laughs> like people don't get it. Yeah. People look at that and say, oh yeah, these restaurants are. Well, then we can do utility calculators for them. So we could take yeah. a customer like that and say, all right, look, this is this is what you're using now. If you're gonna you're gonna switch to this group of fryers, just give me your BTU cost, and boom, we'll give you. Hey, this is this fryer will actually pay for itself in the first three years. Yeah. You know, there's a great return on investment when it comes to saving energy. But isn't that weird? We do that in our house. Like yeah. I know with like our furnace that we we replaced or a refrigerator, we look at it and say oh it's energy star and there's but but people don't think about it for and that's why we've been very uh on the proactive side pushing this i mean we have a customer that literally on their quote everything they order that has something to do with refrigeration or ice or, or steamers has a rebate on it and they get it instantly yeah to me and it's and we went back because we, we were a little bit late on some of the things and we were able to get the money back for all those items that we sold them before i think it's important that that it's that design part it's that piece it's the it's that knowledge that yeah. you guys brought where you guys were doing that research to know that this is hey this is out here yeah. and so many people didn't weren't aware of but it. the manufacturers had to stand behind it too it had to be a piece that yeah. worked well, it, it, going back that, to that you know even it, that the manufacturers were slow on it even yeah. the manufacturers didn't fully understand it because they weren't really involved in it but they were yes like somebody like a Pitka was way ahead of the ball game or a Blodgett yeah. you know Middleby was very active within that industry but some of them you know they some of them didn't even realize certain think, units of theirs that were considered energy star and when you tell them hey look this region has this rebate it's like yeah. wow, you know wow so but like combi ovens like i remember when i worked for compass group we i took over an account oh my god that combi oven cost me thousands in repairs and oh, everything yeah. like that but now when you think about it you know it's it's the authorized service it's the authorized setup it's the authorized after it's done and set up training and the issues are over there are certainly a lot less. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Or if they are, you can plug in the the, the diagnostic stick, find out what's wrong. Yep. You know, I was at a, an account the other day, and they, oh yeah, ID lineman every thirty days, and da da da. Yeah, da. Then, you, then you look, and it says, <laughs> well, actually, he you goes, haven't. <laughs> Do you know you haven't done it in six months? Yeah, and right. he goes, uh, oh, <laughs> thank you very much. End of conversation. And he yeah. looked at the guy, and the guy went. Or some of these locations think that as an yeah. owner, and then when you show them, hey, look, this thing shows it hasn't been cleaned in six months you maybe someone's yeah. telling you it's been cleaned but it hasn't yeah so but yeah it's using technology to make things more simple yeah. and we tell them that with these control panels because some of these people look at it and go oh, they're, they're you know they're frightened yeah. by what they see but it's really it's it's the it's the iphone type touch and go and it's it's technology to to make things more simple it's very intuitive i think i think but it's just that it's different because we're creatures of habit when it comes to food service. We like what we like. Yeah. You know, I was talking to a, a co-op guy today, and he goes, that's what that's what they like. That's, that's what, what I've always done. That's, and that is good. 
because they know what they like, but it can be bad. Yeah. You know, some people need to look at different things and see other options. Uh, absolutely. And Middleby is kind of in the forefront of that, trying to find those new technologies. When Middleby buys are. a new company now, their first their first thing is is technology. They're you know they're trying to really make sure that they're buying technology driven companies uh, mm -hmm. because they feel that's the that's where this industry is continuing to go. But it's still. Some of these factories are still very family run and family, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm still, when I went to Piper, I couldn't, yeah. like I had this vision of something completely different. I walked in and I think the owner's dog was there. Yeah. I mean, it, like literally, <laughs> but it, it was a family. I, we went to a family restaurant after and to see the factory and to see the workers and to meet the people. I think people need to realize that, yeah, why these are huge factories. They're still really family owned, there family are operated, still, it's still very... You know, exactly. You know, not basic, but very, you know, incredible companies, but they're not like these, you know, like we think of factories and just people, you know, Rosie the Riveter and putting stuff together. No, it's so it's much. not it's like that. So it's so very hands-on, especially yeah. things, products made in the U.S. It's it's so very hands-on, and yeah. there is so much that goes into a piece of equipment that you, you never can really appreciate till you go to the factory and yeah. see the welding and the, the polishing and the things that are going into a piece of equipment. It's kind of amazing, but yeah. you're right. The factories are very family still. And even when, a, even when they're, uh, some of these factories are bought, out there's not always drastic changes either because mm -hmm. sometimes it's there they're, they there's a nice synergy there but what they're doing works so don't change it yeah we learned that through you know when we looked at central i mean that was a 70 year old company yeah it would just had you know there was no family the next generation wasn't ready to take over so why would you try to just you know take apart and dismantle something take right. the good things take the things they do well and then maybe look and say, okay, we can improve here, or make efficiencies here, or buy better, or sell better, or now the you way know, you guys, different. the way you guys went in with Central, I think was great because there were yeah. some, there were loyal people on the Central side, and mm -hmm. it wasn't just a, you know, change overnight. It was yeah. a, hey, here, let's let's learn, let's see yeah. what you're doing, Let, let's learn from each other, and and take the best of both and put it together. And that's we just hope people realize that because you know one of the things that came out of this COVID, you know, I've seen where Amazon is just exploding and all the stuff being done online is exploding. But the, you know, sh everybody's preaching shop local and and do all these things. Yeah. That everything from you know where you buy your produce, where you buy your meat, where you buy your equipment, where you buy your smallwares is really to us buying local. When you shop on the internet, it's getting on a boat from China, bringing brought across, and it's not couldn't agree it's more. Not helping create jobs, or it's not keeping jobs, or it's not you know because it's consultants, it's reps, it's dealers, it's manufacturers, and it's all that you know that I think is part of this this process that I think is the food service industry that I think is important. Agreed. And people need to really. It's just not shopping local. It's supporting local businesses that, that I think is going to bring us back out of this. No, just look at what you guys have done just in this area alone. I mean, with the yeah. building that you took over and what you've done with it, it's, it's yeah. fantastic. And it's fantastic for Syracuse. And, yeah. you know, and I think when, when all this online stuff started, I think people, it, you know, you knew it's going to continue. But I don't mm. think it's in our industry has, has had as bad of a, not a negative effect as we thought because this equipment and layout and things, these are things that you can't get yeah. by pushing a button online. Uh, and it's too hard because if it goes bad, yeah. what are you going to do? How many you're times do you get a phone call? Oh, my God. You're, out. you're, you're like, like hey, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and, and you'll still support it even if they buy it online half the no. time because you're a, you're a, you're a, uh, they're a customer of yours. But yeah. the next time they'll they'll be back. Well, you got to sit in their shoes. And I always say that, listen, money's tight. If you yeah. listen to some of these podcasts, you'll hear some of these other people that they credit, they max their credit cards out. That's their livelihood. That's their life. So I get it. You know what I mean? But, but as you learn and as you grow, that's what we want to be part of that learning and growth and, you know, expanding and, and making your business better. Yeah. So,
Well, thank you so much for coming. Oh, this has been I fun. Appreciate, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm honored to be the first independent <laughs> rep on the podcast. Yeah. It's a way to end it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, there it is. Thank you so much again for checking out the Gear Horrors podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review to let us know what you think the Gear Horse podcast. You can find more information out about Gear Horse at GearHorseEquipment.com and GearHorseSupplies.com. Thank you so much, and we're going to catch you at the next episode of the Gear Horse podcast. Keep dancing with the